Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Rambold, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope, are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope, is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in the show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. Sean 3.16, of which everybody knows by heart, but turn there anyway. The name of this message is Commitment. Say Commitment. And we are going to bless God, hopefully, before I finish this this evening, it's going to rattle some of your cages, finally. God wants you committed. All right? We don't have commitment. 
in our government. We don't have commitment in our homes. We don't have commitments in, our, in the church. We don't have people committed. My grandfather told me years ago that integrity is something that it takes a lifetime to build and about that long to destroy. That a man's word is only as good as his bond to that word. All right? And I believe that. But you see, for a man to say he'll do something, bless God, and go on and, and, and then not do it, he's not committed. Your word is your bond. We don't have that anymore. It is something long since has left, uh, bless God, our society, the church. But we are going to restore that. Why? Because Elijah has come to do what? Restore everything. And this is something that's got to be restored. Some of you sitting here tonight, bless God, you're not committed to a whole lot of anything. The reason the churches are so wishy-washy, people can't seem to get committed to whatever they think that they're going to set under as a way of ministry. They come, they go. They get, one day they're committed. I don't know how many people come to me through the years and, Oh, prophet, prophet, I finally found you. And, 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 and here's what I love. And God told me to come. Sit under the prophet and grow up and to learn and to be here and part of this ministry. Six months later, they're going out the door waving. Folks, that's not commitment. What that is is somebody in some kind of a wishy-washy something or other the blessed God that doesn't intend to commit to anything or anybody. We have in this organization decent commitment at this time. And I hope after tonight it will be more so. All right? Now, the word commitment, according to the dictionary, is an act of committing to a charge or trust an agreement or pledge to do something in the future, a state of being obligated. Okay? Now, that's a good word, obligation, or to be obligated. What does that mean? You're obligated. When you get married, you're obligated. Okay? You're committed. When you, bless God, take a job, you're committed. You're obligated. Now, where does it change from obligation to something becoming your God? And see, there's both sides of the gauntlet. There's some people, bless God, that get so committed to a job that they put the job in front of God. Okay? Now, now, now listen, I'm not talking about people that, bless God, that have jobs where their hours, you know, people come to me and say, well, I quit my job because my, my, you know, my supervisor won't let me off on, on Shabbat. Don't do that. You pray, and time, this, these things will change. Well, my boss, you know, I have to work on, on Saturdays. I've got, you know, you keep praying, you keep believing. God does something, folks, not by might, not by power, not by you speaking words, but by His Spirit. Say, by His Spirit. By His Spirit. That's what God, that's what God does best. Now, when you and I try to help God, what happens? It's a mess. It always is. So, what I want you to understand in John 3.16, which we all love, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Say only. Only. Well, that whosoever should believe on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Is that commitment? This is God's commitment to the entirety of the world, brothers and sisters. He committed right then and there. He committed himself. His covenant to the world is also a commitment that he's made. And we've studied that. We're going to go back and, I'm sure, add things from time to time to, to the, the study that I did with the covenant. But most of what we're doing is laying groundwork for you to be able to study and, bless God, you know, to come about with. Now, some of you aren't studying this, the materials, enough, all right, and... Like I said, one of these days that's going to fall on top of you. And the talk that I had before I started in the ministry of the Word is going to be somewhat like the talk I'm going to have. Only I'm going to have you standing up and I'm going to be pointing right at your face. Okay? And some of you really don't think that day is going to come, but I'm going to tell you something. It is. And you don't want it to come when it does. But the fact of the matter of it is, we're going to have to do so. Folks, before our feet can touch Israel... 
We are going to have to be walking in holiness. Do you know how many obstacles there are in the way of walking in holiness? Let's just put it this way. Too many of me stand here and name. Far too many. We're going to have to do it. You're going to have to get this stuff out of your lives. The only thing, way I know to get it out of your lives is keep preaching it and preaching it and preaching it. And for these brothers and these fellowships to keep teaching it and teaching it and teaching it until you come to the, the absolute conclusion that you're either going to have to get in or get out of the way. And I, I want to say that again. Get in and get out of the way. Well, you know, Prophet, you just sound like maybe you don't care whether I'm here or not. Oh, I care that you're here or not. But if you're not going to get all the way in, it's better for you and the rest of us if you clear out. Okay? He said, well, that's big talk for a little organization. No, this is not a little organization. This is an organization of millions. If you could see what I see, that's what you'd be able to see. One day maybe you can. Okay? Now, this is also a commitment to the promise of God's Word to the world. You know, I, I taught you uh, about the covenant and the Lord God and the way He does things. Is if, if you will do this, God says, I will do that. If you don't do this, He can't do that. All right? His commitment to us is yea and yea, as we talked somewhat about last night. And what God wants in this day and this hour is for us to have everything that He's got. For us to be so blessed that anybody that gets around us can see that we're blessed. That's what God wants. That's what He wants for all of us. Let's go to Matthew twenty-two thirty-four through 40. Matthew twenty-two thirty-four through 40. Yeah, I didn't show up exactly like the church would wanted me to show up. I'm sure they would like for me to have ridden in on a, you know, on a, a white horse. Uh, uh, let's see, to have been a complete virgin. Uh, uh, probably that there's no guile in my mouth of any sort, including uh, truck driver talk, as I call it. Uh, never have tasted any strong wine, and God forbid ever have even smelled the smoke of a cigar. Did Jesus come along like the church wanted him to come along? Yeah. See, you have to look past all this, folks. You've got to. You've got. You've got to look past what religion is. You have to. You have to be able to see the heart. In order to see the heart, bless God, you've got to walk into holiness. That's the reason I've always said the church wouldn't know Jesus Christ, for the most part, if he came in and sat down beside him. Some of you are in the same position sitting here tonight, by the way. That's going to change. In some of your cases, it has changed, and I've watched it change. Don't ever underestimate a major prophet of God. As I said, at any point in given time, I can tell you exactly, brother, what you had for breakfast this morning. That's what I do. You want to challenge this? I'll end up putting you in the dirt. Don't mess with God's anointed. Isn't that what the Scripture says? Don't do these prophets any harm. Last night, the anointing got messed with. Okay? And that won't happen again, by the way. Not in that fashion. We got rule number 265-73A, B, C, D, and E. You know, I, when I started the organization all those years upon years upon years ago, the first, right out of the chute, the first night, I said, listen up, folks. Well, I didn't have to yell that loud. There was only about 30 of us, okay? I said, we're going to be different than the rest of the church. There will be no rules in this church. Folks, we didn't make a week till I'm behind the beam of giving them rule number one. Then it got to be so funny that we got to having so daggum many rules that I was, you know, I was going like, all right, rule 16A. Okay, and then, that, well, let's do B instead of going 17 because it sounds like we're having too many rules. We added a rule. Amen. We added a rule. Well, did you find Matthew 22? I hope so. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Yeshua, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. 
On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Well, there's some of you out here tonight that have ought against your neighbor. I have tried to say over and over again, especially with Rosh Hashanah, New Beginnings, is a great time to go humble yourself and, bless God, take the blame for something that may not even been your fault with somebody that you know, so that what? You can walk free of that sin. And, of course, some of you, and some of you did. Some we heard from some of you, and some of you uh, took, the, took the command of this prophet, because that's a command. That's not, that's not an elective. But then there's some of you also that have never learned to love yourselves. You've never learned to love yourself. You have to love yourself as you love them. And you see, as he said, all the law and the prophet hang upon that. And the very first thing, one of the first messages that I preached was to try to get you to understand that we have to get what out of our lives. We have to get out this thing of judging each other and the sowing of discord. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, it's not gone, but, folks, it is getting better. And I, for that, you get a attaboy over here. See, i got the attaboys and old boys over there on this side. But you have an attaboy on that side because we're, we're beginning to grow. And, and folks, that, that shows me that you're being attentive enough. Donna thinks it just tells me that, tells her that you're willing to put up with me, okay? Now, whichever it is, and she's kidding about that. Uh, the fact of it is, you're, you're beginning to grow. Uh, but again, in a small group like we have at this point, that's what we have to have. Because like I said, folks, we need you to grow. Because you need to be able to tell people, number one, what you believe. That is your ministry. If you're not within the ministry of what we're doing right now, very well, one day you will be. But you ought to understand something. Your ministry right now is to learn the material. So when somebody says something or you have the opportunity to share something about this ministry, you can do it. Without standing there going, well, well, you know, the guy's raising people from the dead. You ought to come. Ah, they, they could care less about that, and they wouldn't believe it anyway, would they? No, I'm sorry. They wouldn't. Let's go on. Now, Mark 16, 15 through 18, some favorite verses of mine. Mark 15, uh, 16, I'm sorry, 15 through 18. And he said unto them, Go ye in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature... He that, is, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. So there's no hope for those that doesn't believe, is there? Okay, and that's made very clear. Now, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Now, folks, the Lord God in the very beginning made this very, very prevalent to me. All right? It became life to me right, right from the beginning. That these signs shall follow them that believe. If you're a believer, these are the signs that follow you that you can use to bring other people into the kingdom. In my name they shall cast out devils. Now, you know, we had one casting out devil class, and you know what? We'll be having more. Mm-hmm. We may have a few of you as examples before this thing's over, but we're, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to be all right with it. But we have talked about the casting out of devils. It's real. It's not, you know, it's not just an imaginary whatever. Then it says in my name, uh, I'm sorry, they shall speak with new tongues. And like I've always said, that is no elective. You will. If you're a believer, you will speak with new tongues. You will. Now, why the church can't read that and can't understand that? They've been blinded from that. That's all that I know. They shall take up servants. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And every once in a while, they might get well. Hmm? Well, that seems to be the way the church reads it. No, it says, and they shall recover. See, we, we are going to bring you to the place, brothers and sisters, where the only people that will get in my healing lines are the new people. They're going to be the new people. Before too awful long, some of you that have been around from the beginning of this ministry is going to get in my line, and you're going to hear me carry on about like I did before this meeting started tonight. If I don't throw you out of the room, I'll make sure you get in the back of the room. There's going to come a time when you're not going to hang on to the tassels of this prophet. 
I told you from the beginning, I'm not set here to change your stinky diapers. I'm not here to give you pacifiers and pat you on the back, okay, give you a bottle. I'm here to grow you up in the Word of God. That I will do if you can stand to stay long enough to get it done, okay? And if you don't, then that's not my problem because I am teaching you the Holy Word of God. We want you to understand that. But you're going to learn to lay hands on the sick, and they are going to recover every time you lay hands on them. Now, will you be different than anybody in the church in 14 counties around you? Yeah, completely different, because that's just not unheard of. Well, if it be thy holy will, Lord, that they be healed. How many times have you heard him pray that prayer? It is his will, because he tells you his will here. We're going to commit you to such a destiny within laying on of hands. Some of you are eager to do that. Some of the rest of you aren't. The ones of you aren't is going to get it done much sooner than the ones that are eager. How does it work that way? That's just the way it works, folks, okay? Somebody told me sometime ago, uh, oh, years ago, said to me, he said, Prophet, uh, you know, the Lord God uh, told me to do such and such. I said, oh, really? Because they, they, they were trying to figure out whether it was God speaking to them. And I said, would, would you like to do that? Yeah, I'd like to do that. I said, don't do it. The guy looked at me kind of funny. I said, yeah. I said, no, no. I said, when you feel like God's told you something you don't want to do, go do it. That'll be God every time. Okay? Be God every time. Well, there's ways to figure this thing out, folks. It's, uh, as I said, for my part of it, it's been called main strength and awkwardness. All right? I know what God at this point after all these years, I know what he'll do and I know what he won't do. I know I can bring you into this thing if you will do what? Give up and give in. And if you're not willing to give all the way up and to give all the way in, do you know something? I couldn't, I couldn't do it if I lived to be Methuselah's age. Matthew twenty six thirty through forty six. I've got a ways to go on that one. Matthew twenty six thirty. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then said Yeshua Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. Now listen, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Sounds like the big fisherman was letting his mouth run off. Huh? Well, of course, if you know the story, okay? Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Now listen closely. Was Peter committed to the Mashiach, the Messiah, Yeshua? Well, yeah, 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 he, yeah, 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 he was. He makes a statement as he will die I will die with you, Lord, before I'll ever stand back. Well, let's read a little further. Then cometh Yeshua unto them into a place called uh, Gethsemane, and said unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, be John and James, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Carry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, and saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Hmm. Maybe the Lord's commitment wavered a little bit. Remember, he was showing all that was about to happen. He was human. He was tempted in every way that you and I are tempted yet without sin. He said, Lord, 
If it be thy will, let's let this cup pass from me. Can you imagine seeing the demise of your carnal body like that? Beaten beyond human recognition? Hmm? A spear driven into his side? A crown of thorns driven down, down on his head into his brain? Hmm? The nail prints in his feet and his hands? Where they've been nailed? I, I would imagine not only would I have been saying, let this cup pass from me, I've been trying to find a fast train out of, out of Jerusalem. Huh? I believe I'd have been trying to get somewhere else far, far, far away. But yet, what I want you to see, that there was even a place, and, and again, he was tempted in all ways. He was there being tempted of his very commitment to the Father. Do you know something? He did not have to fulfill what he was sent here to fulfill. Do you know that? He could have done like us. Well, I think I'll join the Baptist church because they don't ask for commitments like that over there. Come on. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done, Lord. He knew, didn't he? He knew no matter what he had seen, he knew that he came and he was determined in our behalf, not his behalf, it didn't save him what he did, folks. It saved us. And he was determined for us to carry this thing through. And he did. Somebody say amen. amen. Now he says, uh, he goes on, uh, and, and then in, let's see, in 39, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it will be possible, I got that, 40. And he cometh unto his disciples and findeth them asleep. Now, their commitment's looking real good at this time, isn't it? Hmm? Just like a bunch of knuckleheads. They're asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour, Peter, for Pete's sakes? No, 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 you got that wrong. Yeshua would never have done that. He had to go and say, now, Peter, pretty please, son. You know how much I love you. And, oh, I needed you to pray. No, he did like I said the first time. He was not in a good mood going down and after he had asked them that they would watch and pray with him. He goes down and, and, and there's big Peter the fisherman snoring. Now, it doesn't say that. I'm making that up. He jumps them about that. All right? Now listen, he says, he says, what, could you not watch with me one hour? He's about to save the whole world that wants to call upon his name, okay? He wants some intercessory prayer, okay? And the boys all fall asleep, 41. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And guess what? It still is today. It's not changed. Not one iota. The spirit is willing. Your spirit is willing to get up every night at 2 o'clock in the morning and pray. It's your flesh that won't get out of bed. Hmm? It's your spirit that is willing to commit to no matter what it takes to carry this mission out and, and, and succeed in it. Your flesh is going to drag, get lazy, and in some cases fall to the wayside. You're, but your spirit is willing. Say, my spirit, my spirit is, willing. is willing. It's my flesh, it's my flesh that, stinks. that stinks. Oh, that was... <laughs> sort of put that in there, but that'll be all right. He went away again and the second time and, pray, and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father... If this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. All right, so he's accepted it. And he came down and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Now, you can't tell me he was happy about that. Now, correction, when brought is not good, as Paul said. Okay? It's hard on us. What I brought you tonight is not, it isn't, you're not happy about it. But the fact of it is that, you know, if it fits, you know, the shoe fits, wear it. So now he's come back, and here these, 
yo-yos have fallen asleep. And can you imagine what he thought? Hear he, which they couldn't understand. I mean, later on, you read and that they didn't even believe in the resurrection of the Messiah. Didn't even believe in it. And yet, at the same time, these knuckleheads, were the same knuckleheads, bless God, that caused us to be able to be here today. Because they turned the world upside down for this Messiah. Our Messiah. He couldn't even trust him to pray. After correcting him the first time, he goes off and you know he thought, now I got some help. My friends, my friends back there are going to pray. How many of you have ever told somebody, well now, they come up and give you their sob story and you say, well now, I'll be praying for you, brother. And never open your mouth. Early on, I've done that. See, that's not commitment. What that is is stupidity. That's what that is. It's a lie because you didn't do it. You're distrustful to the Lord God and to the person you said you, you and deceitful. So you see, you start to dig yourself a hole because you can't commit. You can't commit. You can't carry through your commitment is what it is. Old people commit all the time. Oh, yeah, you know, one time I had, uh, uh, with, the, with those seven churches, we had uh, people that, bless God, we had pastors in place. And, and of course, in turn, they had, uh, the eldership was in charge, uh, and the deacons, and the deacons mainly, to keep the yard mowed and trimmed up, and, and that's, that's the way it was. And they committed to these things. So, when I had those churches, I couldn't be in all the churches at the same time. All right? So they began to call it Black Sunday. All right? We hadn't converted over to Shabbat. And they called it Black Sunday because um, the prophet would show up in the parking lot and go in and tell pastor, the prophet's here. Well, the prophet doesn't show up unless somebody, you know, needs to be told how the hall gates the cabbage. You know, one of those things. And so, uh, anyway, the, the yard wasn't, wasn't mowed. And so um, I went in and did what God told me to do, and that's what happens when things got out of control. Here come the prophet. And so anyway, I, 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 go, I go home, and during the week, uh, the pastor called. And he said, uh, 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 Brother Deckard, I know you noticed that the, the, the yard was not mowed and trimmed. And I said, yeah, I noticed. I said, who committed to that? He told me such and such. I said, uh, why haven't they taken care of the, uh, the commitment that they made? Well, they, you know, they had 22 excuses. I said, okay. I said, uh, he said, well, I'm going to mow it this afternoon. I said, don't you touch that yard. I said, I'm going to load my lawnmower up, and I'm going to come down there, and I'm going to mow it. I'm going to trim it. And when I get done, damn be the feet that touch the yard that committed to it that didn't do it. Well, to say the least, he liked to had a kitten right on the telephone, and he begged me, "Oh, please!" He said, "Please." I said, "No, no." I said, uh, I, "I'm I'm coming down there." Well, it just so happened to be that this this brother that had committed to this, even as he was talking to me, went down and 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 mowed the grass. Now, there's a couple of occasions I mowed the grass, okay, because that it ended up happening that way. Now. Commitment, now listen, can save you or sink your boat. Your lives and your walk with God is no better than the commitment that you're making to God and to others. And if He can't trust you and you can't be trustworthy in your commitments, guess what? You're going nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Now, um, Yeshua was committed completely to the cross. In other words, he was committed all the way. That's what God wants from each of us, brothers and sisters. But because of the reaction and interreaction of the church itself, we have not been demanded of to be committed past what? Past showing up on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Oh, yeah, and don't forget to put the money in the plate when you come. Okay? 
And that's the only commitment that the church really is after from you anymore. Now, to, to whose plus is that? To the church. I mean, after all, you know. And so, therefore, there wasn't any prophet jumping up and down and talking to you the way I talk to you. This, again, is not an elective. The Lord God is not into democracy. He is a dictator. And I'm a dictator. We're going to, we have a mission. We're going to carry the mission out. If you want to get in, you want to grow up, come on in. If you don't, please. You're wasting your time. You're wasting our time. Just, just go, go back to church and play games there. You're safer there. Okay, I didn't say you're going to get to heaven. I just said you're safer there. Because you don't have to put up with this hard-nosed prophet. But in the end, it's this hard-nosed prophet that's going to take you into this thing. And like I said, one of these days, you're going to appreciate this. You can't now. You never can in the moment where... Because some of you are sitting out there know very, very well I'm talking exactly to you about some of this stuff. So it becomes very difficult for you to... Oh, I sure do love the prophet. Okay? Some of your mouths say it and your hearts are going, Oh, I'd like to pop him with a ball bat. Oh, let's don't go there. Acts 12, 1 and 2. Now, commitments can get you in trouble. Okay? Now, look here. Acts 12, 1 and 2. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Looks to me like uh, James' commitment got him killed. All right? Now, John the Baptist... He was beheaded, wasn't he? You find that somewhere over in uh, Matthew, well, I've got it down here, Matthew 14, 10 and 11. He, he, was, he was beheaded for his commitment. Folks, there's a danger to commitment. Your carnal flesh could have to pay a price. But folks, it's not your carnal flesh that's going to heaven anyway. Somebody say amen. Come on, hang in there with me now. Get a little deep, but we're going to make it. First Peter two twenty one. First Peter two twenty one. First Peter two twenty one. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Now, there was a number of things within his steps, but tonight we're talking about the commitment of his steps. Again, if you stop and you think about what would have happened if, in fact, he would have decided not to partake of the cup that was given to him, okay? And, and he just said, well, let this thing pass. I'm, I'm going to be the Messiah, but uh, we're going to, uh, you know, I'm not ready for this, Lord. No, no, that's not what happened, and thank God it wasn't. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, whose stripes ye were healed. So his commitment to the Father, his commitment to the Father, his commitment to the Father. Abraham's commitment was so strong that he was willing to sacrifice his only begotten son, Isaac, at that time, okay? Hmm? Did you commit to that? It's getting quiet in here. Could, could you do that if the Lord God spoke to you and told you, uh, you, those of you that have young babies here, that take that baby out tomorrow morning and sacrifice that baby to me? Huh? No, I don't think you could. I don't think, I know I couldn't. My commitment wasn't there. My commitment still isn't there. But there are different levels of commitment, brothers and sisters, and that's the thing that we want you to start to understand. There's the, the highest point of commitment, which would be Christ himself, things such as that of Abraham. And then it steps, and 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 it comes down here to that person that's a Christian, you know. 
and they want to bless everybody with a rock when something doesn't work out for them. You know, it's always somebody else's fault but theirs, one of those things. And all somewhere in between that, okay, or from the first step under there, we all lie. Your place is to find where you're at in that place of commitment. Okay? You know, I have said for years and years, commitment is a place from which you don't return from. Okay? You've got to have that there, and you've got to see that. Now listen, first and foremost in your life, that nothing gets in the way of that commitment that you have made. In other words, will things change, Prophet? I mean, I know I, you know, I, I was, you know, I was really committed, but I mean, look what's happened now. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going this way. Do you want to know something? Your life is going to start turning a dingy brown, and then you're going to start scratching your head. Then you're going to start complaining and murmuring. Then you're going to find yourself on the outside looking in. And it's not going to be anybody's fault but yours. Why? Because you defiled your commitment. Okay? When you start saying, well, you know, I'm going to get up. I'm going to fast three days a week. I'm going to get up and pray every night. Three, you are committing yourselves. You are committing yourselves to something. Listen closely. If you can't fulfill that commitment, do you think there's any other commitments that you're going to fulfill? And God knows this, folks. Some of you, after tonight's meeting, are going to have to go back and you're going to have to pray and begin to ask the Lord God, where did I commit and not keep? You better take a, a pencil and several pieces of paper because it's going to take a while for you to understand. You can't do that. When you commit, you vow, all right? And it's better to never have vowed unto the Lord God. Well, now, wait a minute, prophet. I didn't vow this stuff. Whoa, wait a minute. Every word that proceeds out of your mouth, you're judged by. And if you have messed your commitment up, is that not sin? Absolutely. Does God bless sin? Never has, never will. So we become engrossed into this thing of, well... You know, that didn't work this week. We'll try that next week. This over here, let's go to the Pentecostal church. Let's go down to the Baptist church. Let's get over to the Messianic movement. You're committing yourself here, 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 and there, and you're not committed to anything or anybody. The Lord God first, all right? And that's what God's wanting to try to get through to you tonight, is to get you to understand you have to become committed and stay with the commitment. Why? Because with God, what He's looking at is just that. If you'll stay with a commitment, He can move you forward. If you're going to blow every time you commit something to God, uh, just by saying, well, see, when you commit, you're committing to the Lord God if you're falling after Him anyway. And, and if you're not careful, the Lord's going to look at this past track record, and that's what He does. Is he's going to say, hey, i got, you know, oh, I'll tell you what. All they do is make a commitment and break the commitment. All they do is make the, and break, make and break, make and break, make and break. Do whatever it is that serves self. See, commitment isn't doing what it is to serve self. And that's where the problem lies. Well, I hope you're getting this. We're getting in. Should have told you to brought your Holy Ghost, uh, uh, you know, water waders to come, you know, way up. And that's the way. That's the way it is. Now, let's go to Ephesians 4, 1. Ephesians 4, 1. Now, this is interesting, all right? Ephesians 4, 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Okay? That you walk worthy. You walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another. That word forbearing is interesting. It just simply means putting up with. Okay? Putting up with one another. I love that. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit, even as you are called, and one hope of your calling. 
One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when you ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? That he descended is the same also that ascended up far above all, all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And listen, for the perfecting of the saints. Now, we are to, the word perfecting, to mature. Fivefold ministries, we call that, those five offices is to bring you to a place of maturity, all right? Now, without teaching you commitment, we can't get you there. Because you have to commit to mature. You have to decide that you're going to make the certain... I'm, I'm, the old story, come hell or high water, I'm going to carry this thing out. For once in my life, I'm going to get to something, and I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to do it until it works. I'm not going to wait till the first thing that comes along that rocks my boat and me step over and get in another boat and go this way instead of that way. All right? That's what this is about. Now, he goes on to say, For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, a mature man, and to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Do we all come into the unity of the faith? So you have to be taught, and you have to be taught, and you have to be taught to bring you to maturity. See, I, 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 I didn't know until one of the angels came and absolutely told me how this was going to have to be done. And after he told me, and after I've implemented that plan as to the fact that these ministers and these fellowships, the ten and the rest of them, have to teach only my materials. That way I know that you're going to learn what I'm teaching you that God wants you to know so we can take you further in. And if they're out here teaching you everything that pops into their noggin, guess what's going to happen? You're going to start not getting the stuff that God wants you to have to get you where he wants to get you. And I know that. And hopefully they do too. Now, it goes on to say that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Well, uh, yeah, we passed that one. We're in good shape. With a slight of men and cunning crafters whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things which is the head even Christ. From whom the bo whole body fitly joined together and compacted. By that which every joint supplieth, see, you're supposed to supply, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increasing, increase, I'm sorry, of the body into the edifying of itself in love. So, what is this kind of commitment? Now, let me tell you something. There would be no lukewarm Christians today if they would have followed this plan right here. It tells you everything from the front of what we read to the back of what we finished with, that you need to have to have complete soundness within your walk. Okay? But, you know, it's sort of like it was when I first started in and, 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 and started ministering. And uh, I can remember I could draw crowds and big crowds if I was doing things on casting out demons. Okay? But if I did something on the fruit of the Spirit, hardly anybody would show up. Okay? But see, I can look at myself for that example because I know when it came to the fruit of the Spirit, ah, I've got that, Lord, you know, I'll go back and pick up what I need to add to that later. And finally, when God <coughs> demanded that I take that project on, it took about eight months to get it under control. Because I found out I not only lacked a little bit of it, I lacked all of it. And so that is a means of which, you know, myself, as I'm my own greatest example, other than Christ, 
but as to the mistakes that I have made and to try to look at them. What was that? Well, you see, I was willing to commit to God through the casting out of demons. Boy, that's a great one. I enjoyed that. But I wasn't willing to commit the first things first. The first things first, you've you got to get, you gotta get those, the fruit of the Spirit, full operation. And to do that changes lives, all right? Acts 11, 21. Acts 11, 21. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came into the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as, as to Antioch, who, when he came, had seen the grace of God, was glad, and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year passed, assembled themselves with the church, and taught much people and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch, and there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the head of spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea. In other words, they committed themselves. Do you ever commit yourself to take care of an orphan? I know something about this because we've taken care of thousands of orphans. People would commit. And we told them, don't commit unless you're going to take, you know, going to fulfill the commitment. In fact, I remember teaching this very thing uh, to them before I asked them to commit. All right? Now, this commitment went further than the fact of being committed to this ministry or the church that they were under that time. If you left the church, your commitment still stood. See, most of us believe we leave the church, all bets are off, right? No, 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 no. See? And I told him, when it's for say this, do not take on feeding an orphan or orphans if you're not going to commit to it until God speaks by one of those angels to this prophet and says, Stop. I said, you've got to understand that. And I said, now listen to what is going to happen if, in fact, your commitment isn't sure. You're going to find yourself in great despair. You're going to find yourself in a place that nothing seems to be working out for you. Because these children are depending on you so they can live. They need food. Now, I went through it. I rent my heart to them. And you know what? It made no difference. And I'd remind him, I said, that's fine. You want to leave the church? There's the door. Don't let it hit you in the backside on the way out. That's fine, but don't forget your commitment to the children. Well, I'm no longer committed to them. I'm leaving this church. I'm going to another church. See, folks, that is how lily-livered. Well, I haven't used that for a long time. People are. You're just committed as long as it fulfills yourself. And as soon as that doesn't seem to be something that is fulfillment for self, guess what? You change the commitment. Or you quit the commitment and find another one, same thing. All right? So they found themselves in that position, okay? Now, 29 says, Then the, then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in, in Judea which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So what did they do? They saw a need, all right, and they committed to the need. What did Yeshua say? If you see somebody that's hungry, somebody that's thirsty, somebody that didn't have clothes, somebody's in prison, what did he say? You're to help them. You're to commit yourself to helping them. I'll never forget the first time the Lord God dealt with me about this. I haven't started ministry yet, by no means, but God was really dealing with me. And he's talking about committing my best, all right? And that's where he was teaching me at that time. And so I had a neighbor, and bless God, that neighbor came over to buy, borrow 
a hole to hold his garden. His had broken. He said, would you, would you mind to, uh, to loan me uh, your hole, and I'll bring it back uh, this evening and, and put it back in your shed. I said, oh, sure. I said, sure. I, so I went out, opened the door. Now there sat two holes. One was a brand new one, and one was a well-used one. Old Decker grabs the used one. Well, after all, that new one, you know, I mean, I just got it. And I gave him the old one, and as he walked away, the Lord said, Give him the best that you have. Boy, I grabbed that new hole out of that, that shed, and I ran across that yard. I said, I, I, um, um, I want you to have this one. No, I don't want to take your new one. Yes, I want you to have the new one to use. He said, you haven't put it in the ground. I said, that matters not. Go ahead and break it in for me. And that was the beginning of me understanding something about God. Something that the church had never taught me was, folks, serving self will get you nowhere. Serving self will never find blessings being bestowed upon you. It's unselfishness. Getting yourself to the place where you will give. Getting yourself to the place where you will commit so deeply to God that there is nothing else that's going to matter to you. That's what it's all about. Let's go to 1 Timothy uh, 6, first verse. Here we go. 1 Timothy 6, 1. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and, and His doctrine be not blasphemed. Uh-oh. Now, wait a minute. Now, let's read that again. 1 Timothy 6, 1. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and His doctrine be not blasphemed. You mean to commit to somebody that's not a brother, that you're working under, and if you do, I mean, if you don't, you're blaspheme God? I didn't say that. That's what the Scripture says. One of these days, and I've had that message for, oh, maybe 35 years, 32, 35 years, I'm going to reveal to you what blaspheme in the Holy Ghost is all about, okay? There's many in hell today because they didn't understand. You can blaspheme the Holy Ghost pretty easy, okay? Pretty slick, as we say. One of these days, I'm sure there'll be a big crowd show up for that. May not advertise that. You just show up and we surprise you with it, okay? Let's go on. Now, and they that have believing masters. So see, the first, the first was not believers. They were just somebody, some heathen you're working for. Let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus, or Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to goodness. He is proud, knowing nothing, but doing about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railing, evil surmisings, perverse distributing of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website www.jewishprophet.com and you can find out again all this material that you're hearing taught every day every week folks you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life you know what you can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com we'll be praying for your prayer requests shalom until tomorrow and remember, with God, all things are possible. Adonola, <laughs> 